What's up? Hey, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Wanna Match Podcast by Emily and, oh, Sydney. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we never plan these. If I know, you can, uh, if you guys can't tell, I know it's really hard to tell because they're always so seamless and like well thought out. Yeah. But we do not plan these intros. No, we don't. But if you miss that, this is Want to Match Podcast. Hi, with your hosts, I'm Sydney and I'm Emily, and this is the podcast where we come together each week, we match, and we tell each other about a topic we've previously researched. This week, Sydney wanted because it's. Which one of us is making that terrible noise? It's Not me. maybe. And me. I muted this already. Flockers! I know. I'm ahead of the game. Yeah, you are ahead of the game. Okay, this week, Sydney wanted to. She had this great idea of doing, uh, not resolutions, but doing a little recap of 2021 and yeah, looking happy forward New Year. into 2022 because it is now 2022. Yeah, happy new year, everyone. We've been doing this podcast for a year. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Um, We've been potting. We potted into the new year. Potted into the new year. Now it's January 4th right now? No, 5th. Wow. Um, Okay, so do we still want to do Rose and Bud or do we want to. No, let's do what we talked about and do the. Let's do one lesson we learned in 2021. Okay. My lesson that I learned in 2021, the thing I learned the most and the thing that I worked on the most was um, boundary setting. Oh. So I feel like I, like looking back throughout the year, I set some very good boundaries for myself and the people in my life. And some people stuck around and some people did not. And it was just like a hard year for my boundaries. But like setting them is really important, I think. Yes, I agree with that. And like, I think that women especially are told and like perceived in the world that they're not allowed to set boundaries. And you can, bitch. And you can. So do it. Yes, do it and set them strongly and yeah. stick to them and have them make you feel good. Yeah, and the people that love you and respect you and respect your time and your effort um, will stick around. And the right. ones who don't aren't meant to be in your life. So Right. There it is. And I that's obviously that. still something I'm working on, but I think I got a lot better at it in 2021. I love that. Thank you. A How lot. about you? Um, I think that something I got a lot better at in 2021 was really trusting my gut. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so I think that I was put into a lot of situations where I didn't necessarily know, like, the right answer, and it wasn't, like, black and white in terms of, like, this is what I should do. There was, like, a lot of different paths I could have taken, and I think I got better at just trusting my gut and going with my gut instinct, and, like, like, obviously perceiving people with an open mind but knowing like deep down if I like my gut instinct about some people yeah, or like some yeah. situations or if they're fishy or xyz so um I think that I got better at trusting myself hell yeah we love trusting yourself okay we love that. now we're gonna talk about an int- I don't I don't love the word resolution I, I think I like the idea of like an intention like yeah. what is your intention rest in peace to um previous podcasts of mine but i did do a new year's resolution podcast um, oh on a fresh start can we name drop your old podcast yeah i don't care okay um emily used to have a podcast called a fresh start it was like kind of fun and she had one before that it it was a little bit um self-helpy 
like too self-helpy for me like I yeah it was it was just like I'm trying to figure it out and it wasn't as raw as I wanted it to be so it was like this is now in replace of that on all of our accounts so yeah he he hi and this is way better yeah like we're having way more fun yes (laughs) yes for sure I I still think I want to do like a a single podcast like like a lifestyle podcast but make it more like raw and less like um curated for yeah. podcast format to make it a little bit more relatable but yeah. i digress um my wait did you say your re- resolution my intention or, yeah yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, i intention. didn't you want me to go first yes. okay i have been talking about this a lot like the past couple days but i um my intention for the new year is to just like really learn how to love myself i love that and to like really invest in like myself this year like I have a lot of big education plans for this year Mm -hmm. I have a lot of like I want to start traveling again like COVID depending I want to like I um also like just like taking more pictures of myself and like all this Mm -hmm. stuff like I feel like for so long I was so self-conscious about like every single part of my life and I had a lot of like very negative self-talk going on that I'm just sick of and I don't want to keep doing it and so yeah that is my I want a self-love journey for 2022. Ooh, yes, I love that. Yeah, because now I have the boundaries. I have the fucking skeleton system in place to, like, make my life how I want it. And yeah. now this year is about, like, actually doing the shit that I, like, have wanted to do for so long. Yeah. Um, mine is kind of similar. Um, I kind of talked to you guys about this before, but I saw a TikTok, like, probably two months ago that was, like, I spent a whole year choosing me. Yeah. And this girl basically, like, every situation she encountered, she chose what was right for her rather than um, what was right for, like, everybody else in the situation. Yeah. And... Which I also think is, like, a default to the woman thing. Yes. Like, we are always the ones who have to be worried about everybody else when really, like, we need to start taking care of our fucking selves. So I um, am kind of on that journey um, and learning how to do that for myself. Um, especially those of us who are empaths. I know we both are. Yeah. Like who really like feel very hard other people's emotions. I think it's really difficult sometimes to separate ourselves and be like, this is what's best for me and my life and my goals and yada, yada, yada. And like separating that from the emotions of it all and the emotions we're feeling from other people. So I would really like to choose me and choose like what's best for my mental and physical and emotional health moving forward hell yeah we got lots of big plans for 2022 huge fucking plans i also would like for this podcast to get like a little more popular in 2022 i want people to start hearing our voices me too they just gotta listen one time and then they'll be fucking hooked yes i want the i did check the email recently no somebody can someone please just email us one time yeah email us saying hi yeah, just for God's like, sake. Hey, I'm like, just tell us where you're listening from. Yeah. If you don't know us personally, please. Yeah. I like don't believe that anyone listens to this who doesn't and know I, who we are. And that's not true. That's completely untrue. And I have to tell her that it's untrue. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Tell us where you're listening from. Reach out. But we actually have to do the podcast part now. Yeah. Okay. So. And I've been thinking about matching like all day. Me too. That's why I was like, do you want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like way earlier than we know. Yeah. Record. Okay. So. I go first. It, yeah, it's episode 23, so you're going first. Um, what are you doing? I am doing the Tunguska effect, or event. I have no idea what that is. The Tunguska 
event. event. I don't know what that is, so yes. I'm very excited. If you guys listened to last week, which shout out, go listen to episode 22. It was really good. It was amazing. Um, I started my series on Amelia Earhart, and we talked about her um, life and what led her to flying. What and are your cats doing? Can you hear them in the background? I couldn't, but... I don't know. My cats are being, like, really crazy this week, you guys. I've been having, like, some cat problems. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I was so distracted. No, that's fine. So we talked about that. In this episode, we're going to dive into the last flight of Amelia Earhart, which Emily already knew about, so she's not super surprised. I'm not surprised, but I'm ready for it. I want to hear all the facts, because honestly, for her being, like, a a woman pioneering um, being a pilot and all these amazing like things I don't know a ton about it at all yeah I didn't either at all I had no really idea like I feel like whenever you hear about it when you're a kid it's like she was a pilot and she disappeared and that's it yeah right exactly that's like like, literally what happened to her I learned so much doing this today so and I know that she's like kind of a bad bitch only because of the fucking night at the museum movies she's (laughs) kind of a bad bitch in those oh god oh yeah all right well Emily do you want to go match let's match I would go, Jared. I know. Salva used to go, Emily. Yeah. And my parents always make fun of it now. They're like, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, have a Valley Girl accent. I don't know how it happened. Like, I really don't. I think it's like watching fucking like so much reality TV when I was way too young. Listen, I don't know what app I'm using. I don't know what (laughs) app I'm supposed to be using on my phone. Guys, we're back and we're a little chongied. Is it that obvious? I think it's going to be obvious on the recording. Okay. <laughs> I have literally... Really? I have literally... <laughs> the face I just made. And seriously, when I did that, only one nostril sucked in. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> did you just forget how to swallow? I do that all the time. <laughs> Where I'm like, oh my god, this is the end. <laughs> Why are we all making weird ass noises, bro? Well, dude, that's my phone. Yes. Okay. Let me tell you guys a story. Oh, it's gonna be about Sydney. Oh okay. no. So this is about you and your phone. Um. <laughs> okay. So at our dip night. Oh god, we, we didn't even talk about dip night or so, our party. We had both. Okay. Yeah. So dip night. All of us brought a dip. It very was secret, fun. our secret Santa, secret Santa event party, that had yeah. been pushed back because of like COVID stuff. Yeah. So we were finally getting to meet up with all of our friends and exchange gifts, and we all made a dip. Yes. Here we are. Um, Sydney. Okay, so I was the DD that night. <laughs> yeah, I had a DD. Yeah, and Sydney, the adult, <laughs> over twenty one person 20, she is, almost twenty four years old. Yeah, drank a box of wine. <laughs> <laughs> I drank maybe. Three and a half bottles of wine by accident. <laughs> by, by accident. By accidentally drinking an entire Boda box of wine. Yes. Pretty so much this, by myself. This sister was fucking feeling it. And I did black out on the wine. I'm not gonna I I didn't know you could black out on wine. I think I might be the per- first person in history to do it, but I have done it. It's it was so funny. And she was just dr- just happy. I'm a really fun drunk. Yeah, and say what you being about wine me. drunk too. Yeah. She was just happy. She was fucking happy to be there. She was like <laughs> laughing. And literally, so I'm driving us all home and she drops her phone, like, and it goes under the driver's side seat that I'm sitting under. And she goes, My iPod! My iPod! <laughs> I 
saw that. Yeah. You I, didn't know that. And then Sullivan was trying to get you out of the car, <laughs> and you kept screaming my on my iPod, and you were, like, laughing because you knew it was wrong, but you couldn't think of the word phone. And so so I was like, I'll bring it in. I'll bring it in. And she goes, is Emily going to bring in? And Sydney said, is Emily going to bring in my iPod? <laughs> Sullivan, it was so funny. That's so, I do not remember any of that happening. Yeah, it was literally so funny, you guys. I have so many fun pictures on my phone from that night. Yes. I have not done that since college. Yeah. Like, since, like, probably, like, my junior year of college. Like, not even. Yeah. I don't even it's know. So it's been it a long was, time, guys. It was I so funny. So yeah. funny and safe. She was in a safe environment. Yeah, I was doing a safe, fun activity with my friends. And I mean, not a, necessarily a safe activity, but, like... Right, but I, like, don't have a drinking problem, I guess, no, what we're trying no, to say. Yeah. Like, I very much have very healthy we don't drinking need, habits. We don't need, like... If you have unhealthy drinking habits, you know that we are huge proponents for going and getting help with those yes. things. However, we don't need to justify you drinking a box of wine. Right, because, like... You're an adult and you can yeah, make your own decisions. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right, so now that we've got that disclaimer out there for whenever we talk about our substance use... <laughs> Let's talk Did about... Did we just tweak? Like, no. Okay. No, 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 no. We didn't tweak. This is one of those things where I like... Right now, I'm like, oh my god, I have to cut all of that out, but tomorrow I'm going to be like, oh no, that was like a very no, nice no, no, no. no, we didn't tweak, I promise. Okay. Um, I have no idea what we're about to talk about right now. Okay, so let's fucking set... Like, I don't... I, so like, it's called the Tunguska no event. Okay. I keep wanting to say effect, but it's event. Okay. Um. So here's what happened. On June 30th, 1908, a giant... Bright blue explosion. <laughs> okay. Explosion occurred over the Tunguska River in the rural part of um, Russia. So, like a scarcely part populated. Russia kind of scares me. Yeah. Like everything scary happens in Russia. Yeah. So there's it's really scarcely populated. There's some tribes there, and but it's not like there's no cities. There's no major. What year is this? This is 1908. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. This so is even some, scarier. Yeah. So there's some indigenous people like scarcely populating that area, but for the most part, it's just like the wilderness. Yeah. Um, the light was accompanied by an explosion. And the light was, or the explosion was accompanied by this bright light um, that was as, almost as bright as the sun. Like people couldn't look at it, according to eyewitnesses. So there were some eyewitnesses, and this is an eyewitness account from a person in the Shanyeager tribe. Okay. From that day. Okay. So this is his exact words. Okay. Quote: We had a hut by the river with my brother, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, Chakaran. Okay. okay, I'm butchering these, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have some in mind, too, that I'm going to butcher, yeah. so. so. Sorry, we're white and from the Midwest. Yeah, so I don't I don't recognize these words, and I'm really sorry. We're trying our best. We were sleeping. Suddenly, we both woke up at the same time. Somebody shoved us. We heard whistling and felt strong winds. Chakaran said, can you hear all those birds flying overhead? We were both in the hut and couldn't see what was going on outside. Suddenly, I got shoved again. This time, so hard, I fell into the fire. What? I, <laughs> I got scared. Chica- I mean, obviously, th- these are, like, rough translations of, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this indigenous um, people's, uh, their language, and then to Russian, then to English. English. So, like, yeah, um, that's why it's, like, kind of sounds... Right. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Choppy a little bit. <clears throat> Chakaran got scared, too. We started crying out for father, mother, brother, but no one answered. There was noise beyond the hut. We could see trees falling down. Chakaran and I got out of our sleeping bags and wanted to run out, but the thunder struck. This was the first thunder. 
The earth began to move and rock. The wind hit our hut and knocked our hut over. My body was pushed down by sticks. (laughs) 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 But my head was in the clear. What the fuck does that mean? That's what I was laughing at. Like, I think it means that he, like... Like, like he didn't hit his head? Like, he didn't hit his head and nothing fell on his head. Like, he could still get out of the pile of sticks. <laughs> My head was in the clear. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Continuing. This um, is a long first-hand account. I know. I'm really sorry. I No, that's okay. I'm interested. Um... My head was in the clear. Then I saw a wonder. Trees were falling. The branches were on fire. It became mighty bright. How can I say this? As if there was a second sun. My eyes hurt. I even closed them. It was like the Russians call what the Russians call lightning. And immediately there was a loud thunderclap. This was the second thunder. The morning was sunny. There were no clouds. Our sun was shining brightly as usual. And suddenly there became a second one. Chakarin and I found difficulty getting out of the remainders of our hut. Then we saw above, but in a different place there is was... Is this a- real? This, this, this event? Is, yeah. Yes, dude. Okay. Are you scared? I'm getting kind of scared. <laughs> well, I'm just like, how could this happen? There was a third... It was the 1900s. Like, yes. Like, how could this... I don't understand how things happen. You guys already know this. <laughs> like, it scares me that even, like, the radio exists. <laughs> So this is really scary. <laughs> this was the third thunderstrike. Wind came again, knocking us off our feet, struck the fallen trees. We looked at the fallen trees, watched the treetops snap off, watched the fires. Suddenly, Chikaran yelled, look up, and pointed with his hand. I looked there and saw another flash, another thunder. But the noise was less than before. This was the fourth strike, like normal thunder. Now I remember while there was one more thunderstrike, but it was very small and far away where the sun goes to sleep. So it was going On to the horizon. Rest. Oh, like, shit. Yeah, so as it's getting farther away, mm-hmm. it's getting, like, slower and, like... That's really weird. Yeah. So I'm, like, very confused as to what this is going to be. <laughs> so... <laughs> I can't figure it out. From the explosion, um, people, like, all eyewitness accounts basically said there was, like, this pillar of light that as it, like, hit met with Earth... It was this, like, r- these, like, red flames, bright light. Yeah. Why are you looking at I was there? just looking at the dates on the You're calendar. You're, like, literally doing that Dwight thing. Or that gym thing to Dwight. Oh, no, I was looking at the dates <laughs> on the calendar. Um, I was just thinking about dates in my head. <laughs> um, Sorry, everyone. No, Sorry. it's okay. Um, so then, ten minutes after this, like, pillar of light appeared, there was a sound, like, gunfire, basically, and um, a shockwave force knocked people off their feet, like kind of like an earthquake, and broke windows and like what? it just like like just energy that was like going like vibrating through the earth, knocked people off their feet. Like he was saying, like was knocking down their fucking hut mm-hmm. and like knocking down the trees and shit. Okay, yeah. Eventually, people in the area would find that nearly eighty million trees had been flattened in a no way yeah two thousand one hundred mile kilometer area. What wait two thousand one twenty one hundred miles or kilometers? Yeah. So this is where we're at. <clears throat> okay. So you can see it's like way up by. Yeah, this is like where the reindeer live. Yes. No way, bro. <laughs> no way. I don't believe this. <laughs> this is bullshit. I don't know what's happening, but this is weird. <laughs> 
Okay, so this is like... How is it a perfect circle? I don't know. It was just a fucking beam of light that it's came It's giving down. crop circle. It's, it is giving crop circle. Okay. I don't know how I feel about this. Okay, so... What happened here? Yeah. Scientists genuinely don't know exactly what happened. Okay. So there isn't another event in, in like, written scientific history before that predates this that we could draw like similarities to okay like anything where a light touched the ground anything where you know then there was it was followed by earthquakes anything with these sounds anything that looked kind of weird like this yeah um scientists could only make theories based on the physical evidence of the trees the eyewitness accounts and photographs that were taken in like scotland and um uh, one other place i don't remember exactly but um, they took photographs in these places in, at night with no flash, and it was like a bright photograph mm-hmm. because the particles in the air had trapped. Um, wait, what the fuck am I saying? I wrote this down, and I'm just like trying to fucking rip yeah. it. Um, so, if you have an explosion at high altitude where the air is cold, mm-hmm. ice particle um, ice particles are created and contain the energy still what and we'll show up in a photograph wait so like that's like, cool so like actually. bright yeah bright the photo was still bright because there was wait can you say that again okay so it said <coughs> that the light in the photo was due to the creation of high altitude part ice particles that are created in an explosion at that altitude because the energy goes into the ice well because shit did i just fuck this up you know sorry Oh, you can't hear? Um, I don't know. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, okay. Sorry, guys. Okay, yeah, so you can see... I mean, like, think about kind of, like, the Northern Lights or, like, the... Um, but you can see it in pictures? Yeah, yeah, so it shows up in pictures. Or, like, when you see, like... What does it look like in a picture? Did you, do you have a picture no. of that? <laughs> no, we'll look it up later. Okay. <laughs> um, so, then people started to make conspiracies about this. Like, what the fuck is this thing? One conspiracy that people believe is that they were um, testing an atomic weapon. Oh, shit. Did they... Or a weapon of mass destruction. This is going to sound stupid, Mm -hmm. and I doubt you know the answer, so I'm just asking the void. Okay. Um, When did they start working on, like, the atom bomb? I don't know that exact answer. Like, earlier than we think. Probably way earlier than we think. Honestly, I don't doubt that they were probably doing that. That does not surprise me. But, like, I'm just thinking, like, wasn't it used in World War II? So that's like yes. the 40s. Yeah. But I don't like, want to do exact dates because I don't want to like say something stupid and then be Right. I don't forever ridicule <laughs> because I genuinely don't Cuz we don't know, guys. Well, honestly. even and even if I have like an inkling in my head, I am I just think it's the 40s. too chong to I think it's the 40s. No, yeah, yeah. But World War 2 ended in the 40s, but I'm just saying like Like when I I'm just like wondering maybe this is something like we can do for a later episode just like um the atom bomb like the manhattan project yeah like, oh that would be fun yeah okay not fun but you no know it was I mean. actually horrible <laughs> yeah but you, but you know what it's I mean. a interesting. very interesting piece of history so so they thought that this they were testing like basically a weapon that could destroy the earth and russians are always doing weird shit <laughs> like the cold war um that's just american propaganda truly <laughs> just like coming like just yeah, spewed out, out of my mouth. mouth the commies in russia <laughs> So, Nikola Tesla. Oh, shit. He's always around. 20 years later. Okay, yeah. So, we both know 
that he is a, just a brilliant mind. Yeah. Like, in terms of, like, physicist. I and feel like we've talked about him on here before. Have we not? We might have. Maybe crop for the crop circles. On. Yeah, I don't Did remember. You? I feel like I don't know. I've, we've talked about Tesla before. But, like, in terms of energy and just, like, um, atom, like, molecule size. He, like, really taught us a lot. He, like, is the one who discovered a lot of the really important basic physics. Yes. So, like, he made... We always attribute, like light to edison but in reality it was like tesla and like yeah like so this guy is fucking smart all right he knows he's also he knows what he's fucking talking about right but at in like the 30 like late 30s he was kind of just like spewing like random shit (laughs) yeah um got a little freudian yes no 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 well not necessarily in terms of this but like he he was just kind of like saying things that he didn't walk the walk always with okay so um tesla was fascinated with the um tunguska event and the sheer energy that had been placed to flat like that was needed to flatten like all those trees and like yeah cause that much destruction in one like little area you know and not like fucking rock the other parts of the earth right um sorry i'm just really thinking about this (laughs) and 1938, Tesla said that he had developed a machine that would end all wars, similar, like, um... Okay, Nick, okay, we can come back in. Hi, everyone. Sorry, I was, like, tweaking. Um, <laughs> she needed a pep talk. <laughs> I had a pep talk myself. Okay, so... Um, Nikola 19- Tesla's kind of hot. So, yeah, that's Nikola He's, like, Tesla. sultry. Oh, yeah, kind of, that mustache. Well, like, look at the look he's given. <laughs> Go look at the show notes yeah. on the social media, at WannaMatchPod on all platforms. So, Nikola Tesla had developed a machine that would end all wars, and he called it the... Fuck. Motherfucker. The... I don't remember exactly what he called it. Tell us something. Okay. But eventually it would be coined and, like, nicknamed the Death Ray. Oh, shit. He made a Death Ray? Yeah, so he was essentially trying to concentrate all this (laughs) energy. Did he try turning it into Wumbo mode? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. I love Spongebob references. Because so, that was a ray. A death ray. Okay. Chill out. <laughs> so it was said that the death ray was going to use particles rather than bullets. And it would use the larger particles at that, forcing higher horsepower. So, like, higher energy. Um, energy that force. sounds like fucking Star Wars, bro. Yeah, it does pew, sound pew, like Star pew. Wars. And, like, this is kind of, like, what was, like holy fuck, we can get that much energy in one centralized, located place. Yeah. Um, He's like, see, I can do it. Yeah. So basically, Tesla wanted to weaponize the Tunguska event. Of course he did. Um, The original Elon Musk. (laughs) Interesting. So he had also, at the time, like I said, he was kind of like just stating, making claims. He said... Um, that in 1935, he had developed a device that could send vibrations as powerful as earthquakes, and that he was consistently testing them in New York City. Is that true? New York apartment. So this no. is fake. So, like, like, there's no, there probably was an earthquake or two, but, like, he couldn't prove that, So he doesn't you know? have an earth, he doesn't have a death ray? So, like, the death ray, I don't think, was ever a big thing. Oh, I don't know if the death ray ever came to fruition. <laughs> Isn't Nikola... But I thought Nikola Tesla was, like, right about a lot of his stuff. He just at was, the end, he wasn't? Well, he he just had, like... Re, towards the end of his life was, like, his Probably mental and physical... Well, 
This all sound like coke things. The, his like mental and physical health was like really tanking, and so he just had some claims that he couldn't necessarily back up all the way with evidence. Okay. So like, yeah, realistically, I mean, it happened. This the Tunguska event happened. So like, you can't necessarily say that the a centralized thing of energy couldn't, but yeah. like, but did he putting it in a fucking it? gun might be a different story. Yeah. Okay, so. Um, and I even said that, like, clearly Tesla is a brilliant mind, so obviously there is, like, some sound science behind this, but, like, there's no actual evidence that, like, any of these devices were made to, like, completion or that this was, like, a possible way to end wars. Okay. Um, so, (laughs) I wrote, here's what actually happened. Um, so, conspiracies are fun, and I know that yours is gonna give me, like, a non, um an open ending thing okay. because I know that even before we, you said that you were doing a series, I, um, I was like, they never find a million air bars. Yeah. Cause they, yeah. 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 So I was like, I gotta get some closure and no matter what I do. <laughs> so, and I was like tweaked out when I was writing this a little bit. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to tell you exactly what scientists say that happened. It's like this is exactly what happened. And now in 2013, there was a similar event that they can now be like, yeah, for sure. That's what it okay. was. Okay. So according to scientists, the Tunguska event was a 12 megaton explosion above the earth. Okay. So medi- if you guys don't know, meteorites and... Like, what? A meteor? Like, meteoroids, yeah. That's crazy. And, like, comets and shit like that yeah. are crossing the Earth's atmosphere at all times. That's why we can see, like, shooting stars and shit. Have you ever seen a shooting star? Yeah. I have, too. It's uh, so special. Um, But if they get into Earth's atmosphere and can't slow down, that's when they start to burn up. And you see, like, in movies when people are, like, on fire approaching. Yeah. Because they can't slow down. And then usually by the time they hit or they, like get to earth they would have burned all the way up oh wow but like you can still like there's still areas that have like meteorites that fall i don't know i I, like i'm 100 when the dinosaurs died that's what happened right okay we get into that too okay but but like there's still areas of like modern day world yeah where you can still find, like, pieces of meteorites, and, like, that's actually I fault. think, right? I, I know, know, dude, I know! Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I believe I'm you. Saying, I believe I'm not you. I'm not trying to be skeptical. I'm not saying they're big-ass rocks. No, but no. But I'm saying they're, they could be, like, fucking golf ball size. There's just shit in this, in space that yes. gets into our orbit and flings into the yes. atmosphere. And like, by the time happens. it gets down here, it's, like, tiny. tiny. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, they think that a fucking meteoroid that was... 50 meters across was hurling towards Earth at 27 um, miles. miles per second. Wow, that's really fucking fast. That's really fucking fast. So wow. at that rate, it's burning up so fast, it's mm-hmm. like disintegrating as it's going. Um, and it was said to have, exp- like, all that pressure exploded it, and there was still quite a bit left. And it exploded about 10 or 5 to 10 
meters above the ground. So it, oh. this huge explosion, which would all obviously still have like that fire and like all that stuff. And it would be able to like decimate trees like that um, because it is like just in like a blast radius, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, technically, this is considered an impact event. So when meteoroids fall through to the Earth's atmosphere and actually hit something, then there's it's considered an impact event. Um, this didn't actually have any impact. Right. But it, like, with the Earth's, like, with the Earth, but it did affect the Earth. Like, the outside of it. Yes, enough to. Yeah. Like, yeah. The trees so there's were no, like, impact. There's no, like, crater. Right. But, yeah. like, it did, like, flatten all those trees and, like. Yeah, so they're still considered an impact event. Yeah. And um, I say, like, an event that we could draw from is depending dependent on how you think the dinosaurs fucking died because if you were of the mind that the dinosaurs died by a meteor then obviously that would have been a fucking huge meteor that entered the earth's atmosphere and obviously had much more of an effect so like killed off more plantation and or like entire land masses or whatever yeah so like you can kind of draw those similarities but obviously in 1908 it was like a little bit less or more more taboo to think that like the earth wasn't god's creation you know what i'm saying yeah 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 um and science is just kind of like getting its getting its little wings yeah and it's it still like is little we are still wings. in like the, yeah. the infancy of like science like modern day science yeah. like it's crazy how much we don't know right and how little we've known for not very long right you know so, but in 2013, another, um, so officially this is called, um, a meteor airburst. Okay. So this is, like, a known thing by NASA, like, a yeah. known, um, event Wait, this is occurs. really cool. Yeah. So it's a known event that occurs now. Yeah. And by 2013, another one happens. Okay. In Russia also. In See, the, everything happens. <laughs> in the I Ch- don't want to go there, honestly. In Chelyabinsk, Russia. Okay. And it was about half the size but it injured, like, over 1,200 people. Wow. Because it was in, like, a little bit more densely populated area. Yeah. And also it was, like, 2013, so there right. were more fucking humans. Yeah. But, um, but basically it also didn't hit the Earth. It was about the same height from the Earth and um, had similar energy coming in. And it did send a shockwave that injured people wow. that broke glass that damaged shit so it's just like a like it's just further proof that something of that size would have done that yeah and would have done that to like the people that were telling the story wow that's like really cool yeah and nikola tesla's over here like this brilliant it's mind it's is like it's like it was my death ray. Yeah. <laughs> From fucking my New York it seems apartment. Like, it seems like Nikola Tesla didn't give a shit what it was. He just wanted to, like, make something out of it. Kind of. and But, like... He was just like, I look at what that, I can do with this I energy. still think that Nikola Tesla is this brilliant fucking mind because there is a science behind this. And, like, oh, trying, yeah. And, honestly, once we realize how to... Like, nuclear physics is so interesting. I mean, it's terrible what it's used for. But, yeah. like... But well, okay, but I think it also gets kind of a bad rap. Oh yeah, but like, like but in terms like of nuclear like nuclear fusion science and nuclear yeah. fusion, like that's really interesting and like very very complicated. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like is like under trying to understand that and trying to understand what it takes to like harness energy yeah. and like and disperse energy in a small location or whatever yeah. is so 
so, so, so advanced that I don't necessarily think he was just kind of, like, on a fucking... No, there's probably, like, yeah. science to back up a lot of... Like, like yeah, theory. it wasn't, like, like death ray power, but... He wasn't just pulling shit out of his ass like Freud was at the end. Oh, yeah, no. And he would just be like, we fucking love... Everyone should do coke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so... This is not me hating on Tesla, but... But Tesla was a little <laughs> wacky here. Comma, Tesla, but... <laughs> um, yeah, so that is the Tunguska event. Okay, wow. That was really cool. I did not know that that was... Is that an actual picture of it? Can you go back one? So, like, that's the actual area? Okay, so this is what... I mean, obviously, this is not a real picture, but this is because I don't think that satellites can get close enough to these things, but... The one, the real pictures that I saw just basically look like a like a flying meteor. Okay. Because by the time you get enter Earth's atmosphere, like nothing you can take a picture of it yeah. when it's moving fucking twenty seven thousand right. miles. miles a second. Yeah. So, but this is what NASA has basically said is like it looks like this and it's starting to enter. So you can see it has like you guys go to the show notes, but you can see it has like that like ring of fire basically around it, mm-hmm. and it's like entering and it'll just explode when it hits a certain point. And then... Interesting. Wow. Good topic. Thank you. Science. Science. I like the science ones. I like learning new science. There's going to be too. a lot of science in mine, too. So everyone get ready. I can't wait. Sydney, do you want to go match? Yes, let's match. I just made that up. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. Oh. That was weird. Emily was just singing, and it was weird. Okay. Hey, guys. Hi, everyone. What high school sport did you play? Yeah, we had an extensive conversation about the high school sports schedule in our state. Because Emily and I, like, grew up about two hours apart. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like two hours. And we both played sports, but different sports. So we just have very different experiences. Even though they were during the same seasons. Yes. Hee hee. Can you guess? We've already told you so many times on here. Have we? Yeah. I feel like we've talked about you, definitely. I feel like we've also talked about my main sport. So So tell us. Are we athletes? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Could not tell now, but I used to be very in shape. Okay. So let's talk about Mary. Is it fluffing on there? Do you hear that fluff noise or is that just my headphones? I don't know. Okay, well, that was scary, so. <laughs> I swear to God, that's what it sounded like. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Don't make that face. You look like an emoji just now. Okay. I'm sorry. I like chonged. Me too. I told you, I'm, when I get really smiley, like, that's how you know. Like, I just can't stop smiling. Are you smiling. drooling out of the corner? <laughs> yes. I think drool, bro. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> you could cut all of this if you want to. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I'm fucking knocking this because it's so short. Okay. Knockers. <laughs> okay, sorry. Knockers would be like the name of a like little beach. Our second podcast. <laughs> Knockers. No, it would be like if I bought a bar in like Sandville oh, yeah. Island, Florida, and I just like made mm. island pina coladas. Like and, a like, tiki bar. Yeah. Knockers one day, you guys, one day we will own together some form of real estate. We will own some building that makes us money. It might be a, a restaurant knockers. called <laughs> Knockers. 
We gotta, we gotta, um, that's how you know I love you. Like, if I want to invest in real estate, (laughs) truly, like, that's like all of my like very best friends. I'm like, we're gonna go in a house together, like, we're We're gonna gonna go in a restaurant together. Oh, we could have a banging restaurant called Knockers, Knockers, seafood, fucking, you can get a bucket of beer, a bucket of beer, you can get one bucket of beer, Knockers. Fish talk, dude. We gotta. Yeah. Don't stop set talking. Okay, because sorry. This is a long term project. <laughs> okay. Okay. Amelia Earhart. Let's talk about her. Yeah. Can we do a little recap? Uh, that's the first thing on my little oh list. My God. So, a quick recap. Uh, <laughs> God bless you. All right. Now we'll move on. <laughs> um. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so. This is gonna be a very quick synopsis. Mm-hmm. If you. Want to know anything more about Amelia Earhart? I highly recommend you listen to the episode right before this first. It was a very good episode. Yeah. Also, click like, subscribe, follow, and rate it. Yes. But (laughs) Amelia Earhart was a pilot, a female pilot, one of the very first female pilot, the 16th female pilot in the U.S., um, who broke numerous flying records. Yep, bad bitch. And in 1936, she is going to attempt to break another record by becoming the first woman to circumnavigate the world. She was going to fly all the way around the world. I'm looking at Sydney like she's like on the fucking, um, <laughs> like she's a fucking pageant kid. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Scared. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's going to be male or female, the longest flight taken ever around the world. She's going to go the longest that anyone has ever gone. Go off Amelia Earhart. So where I left off last week is that they had attempted to do start this mission once. They had done their first attempt. Mm -hmm. And on the second day of their first attempt, the plane had broken down. God damn. And so they had to end it. You're reading my fucking notes. I'm actually not. What are you doing? (laughs) I actually could not. I can't see that at all. I don't know. Okay, well. I was looking at your with your thing. Okay, just bright lights. <laughs> yeah, I seriously, I'm just looking at your bright. <laughs> did it look like I was reading? Yes. Did it? It did look like you were reading it. <laughs> I was staring at your eyes. You at were it. staring directly at it. <laughs> what? <laughs> did it look like I was reading? Literally, you guys, she's staring at it. Like, but you, you know how you did that thing when I you were looking that. at the fucking gate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was doing because I was just, I and I genuinely can't read anything. I'm just okay. Well, don't read it. Sorry, I'll look at something else. Yeah, fixate on something else. Shapes and colors. Um, okay, it's also a bright light, guys. It's hard. <laughs> we're like little flies. Yeah. Um, okay, so on the second day, the second leg of their trip. <laughs> Thinking about what I look at. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay, so I can do their trips. All right. The this is their first attempt. I'm just giving you a recap. Yeah. The plane breaks down. Okay. And it needs extensive repairs. And most people say that it's because of a plane malfunction, but one person says that it's not <laughs> Emily. literally ah! could not fucking keep it in my body. It <laughs> literally exploded and honestly hurt. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you going to be okay? Yeah. Yes. I, I need you to listen. I like, know, dude. I know. You're not just talking for no reason, but, but like, I cannot stop thinking about what my eyes are looking at. I'm oh, no. freaked out. Okay, I'm just going to go like this until I'm ready. <laughs> 
her take with a her hand, and I'm taking a picture <laughs> with her hands in front of her fucking eyes. Okay, I'm ready to go. <laughs> are you ready to listen? I'm ready when you are. Okay. Okay. So most people think it's because the plane malfunctioned. One person. Peter Manning thinks it's because Amelia could not navigate the flight properly. Yeah, fuck that guy. Okay. No, but you know what I mean from last episode? Yeah, he he was being a hater. He thought that he knew where he was going on, and he was, like, miles and miles off of where he was Yeah, he also wasn't doing it really great. Yeah. And he was being a hater. So, now... Sorry, I really lost my place here. Okay. No, you're thinking about where your eyes are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um... So now we are on our second attempt. The plane second is fixed. Attempt, yes. Peter Manning has exited. Bye-bye, Peter. So now it's just Noonan and Earhart. Right. Noonan's okay. going to navigate the whole time. He's a very and skilled... Noonan- he has more plane experience. Right. Oh, okay, yeah. But it is very important to remember that he does not know um, Morse code, and neither does Amelia. You know what? That seems like a foreshadowing moment. And they also are not the best at like communication, like the radio part. Of it. That's that, what Noonan was really good at. That also seems like an, a foreshadowing moment. Yes. I Maybe we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, the plane took a while to fix, like I said, from their second attempt. This gave Earhart and her mentor, his name is Putnam, time to acquire more funding. So now okay. they have some more funding. They recruit their losses from the first trip. They also decide, um, due to, like, how long it was taking to fix the plane, they decide to flip the um, map. You can go to the first picture. Okay. That is Noonan and Earhart. Oh, she's a trip. She is a trip. She's just she's like a lady. She's always making that face. Just a little yeah. grin. Yeah. She's just a woman. <laughs> like, I am, I am a woman. woman. <laughs> I am fearless. Like, that is her. I am woman. <laughs> I am fearless. Um... So, they decide to flip the route, so now they're going to fly west to east instead of east to west. Okay. Um, and Wait. So, they're just, like, turning the plane around, basically, and doing it the opposite direction. Yeah, they're just going to go yeah. the opposite way around the Earth. Yeah, in the, same, the same, but the same pattern. Same pattern, just the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the biggest reason for this is because due, the de- due to the delay with the fixing of the plane... Um, a lot of the wind patterns for, like, the global winds had shifted. Ah, and so it was better for them now to actually go west That seems like a big red flag waving in those opposite winds. I don't know. <laughs> so the trip officially began on May 20th, 1937. That's the day my parents got married. Really? Yeah. In what May year? May 20th. Um, Is that okay that I share that? Well, I don't know why it wouldn't be. In the 2000s? Um, 2000... 2000. Yeah. Yeah, 2000. Oh, that's so cute. I think getting married in the year 2000 would be, have like, that's a really cool anniversary. 520. 2000. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was there. I was the fucking flower girl. Ah, cute. Yeah, Emily's an out-of-wedlock baby. Should we say that? That's... Don't say that. Joyceland's listening. Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, everyone. Okay. Especially Joyceland. Joyceland, I'm so sorry. Um, Okay, so the trip officially began on May 20th, 1937, when Amelia and her navigator, Fred Noonan, took a flight from Oakland, California to Miami, Florida. I think you can click the next slide. Perfect. Cool. So, 
this is a confusing picture because yeah. we're reading it left to right, but they actually start on the right. So they start in Oakland, Ew. and then they're going to wrap around and come back around the oh, other way. Oh, so they're trying to go this way? Nope, they're going... So they start here. Sorry, this sound's going to be fucked up. They start here, and they go like this. But before they were going to start... The the first time they did it, they, they were going to go this way. Okay, yeah, that's kind of hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason for that is because the Pacific, you can see the the beginning of the journey is a lot over land. Like, it's all over land, right? But the end of the journey is going to be mostly over water. So I think they wanted to originally get that out of the way first. And with the global wind patterns, it made sense to go that way anyway. Because that's the hardest how... part of the journey. Because that's a big stretch of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never realize how much closer together all the continents are on the Atlantic side. Yeah. But, like, most of the continents are in the fucking Or, like, Atlantic how big ocean. the Pacific Ocean is, I guess. Would be yeah, the Pacific say. Ocean is huge. It's, like, the biggest ocean by far. Yeah. Okay. I'm here with you. Yeah. So, at this point... They also, this is unrelated, but I need to ask and I cannot okay. keep it in. Is the South Pole in Antarctica? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, no, I loved it. I love that. Yes. <laughs> is the South Pole in Antarctica? <laughs> okay, perfect. Whew. Okay, we should go there sometime. I would love to see a penguin in real life. I love penguins. I would go to Antarctica. Yeah, you can pay to do it. It's really fucking expensive. Maybe you have to go to the North Pole. I forget which one they go to. Well, I would you need can do it. I would need a better coat than what I have now. Yeah, <laughs> you need like a wet, an insulated like wetsuit, basically, to go there. Jesus, fuck. Yeah, I like watching. We YouTube have a lot of about preparations <laughs> about to do for this. <laughs> okay. So, they didn't announce the trip until they got to Miami. So, they started in Oakland. They did that one, like, unpublicized. And then she got to Miami. She was like, I just got here from Oakland, and I'm going to fly around the world right now. These are all these little blips are stops. Stops, yeah, that they made. Okay, well, Jesus. So, the planned number of stops is 33. I genuinely don't even get how they fly that far. I don't either. It's, like, crazy. Look at how small this... Right. Like, so there's two... Gonna... So so it doesn't show the end because Lay, which yeah. is the last dot on there, is where they... Oh. That's the last time they've ever been seen. Okay, yeah, okay. So that's the last stop they made successfully. After that, there was three more... Pl- er, oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought that was, this was the plan. So there's two more stops. So there's... Uh, well, let's talk about it. Okay, yeah. So, the first 30 legs of the journey occur without much incident. There are a few bumps in the road. In late June 1937, they've made it to the Dutch East Indies, which is in Indonesia. So, they're pretty close to where they're going. Um, And they have a few, like, minor bumps in the road. Um, So, this has been, like, they've been doing this for, like, a month. Yeah, like, almost a month. Yeah. Um, And actually, I think it's really interesting because this did take place in the 1930s. Like, different countries exist now that didn't before like this was just called the dutch east indies yeah because it was owned by the dutch like the oh right right, right, right. east indian trading company yeah and so they just like owned this area and now it's all like it's called indonesia like right. that's like a different country that wasn't right isn't that cool yeah like, i don't know and it's like sad because colonialism anyway <laughs> their first stop in the indies was in bandung um now that's in indonesia and once there, they get caught and delayed for four days in a monsoon. 
so the weather was bad. And once the monsoon clears up, they fly to their second stop, um, which is Sorabia, Indonesia. Um, but they end up having to fly back to Bandung the same day because they're, they needed to repair some things on the uh, plane, and Amelia gets dysentery. Ew. But they, I think they're trying to repair, like, a lot of the radio systems. That's like, seems to be what is kind of going wrong. Okay. Um, all of these issues cleared up by the next day, so they continue on. Mm-hmm. July 28th, 1937, the pair at, lands in Darwin, Australia. Okay. So that's their second to last stop. And they have their direction finder repaired and the parachutes on the plane removed and sent back to California. Why? Why? I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if there's significance to any of these incidents, but I feel like they're worth mentioning. So nothing points to any of these incidents being why they got lost, but I just think it's interesting that everything had been going really smooth and then up until this point, and then, like, some little stuff just started to go wrong. Yeah. Um, so from Darwin, they only have three more stops. On June 29th, 1937, they land in Leh, New Guinea, which is an island off the coast of Australia. At this point, the pair has traveled 22,000 miles with Jesus minimal fuck. issues. They depart from Leh, New Guinea on July 2nd, 1937, and are never seen again. What? So they never make it to their next stop. That's the last stop that they made successfully. Okay, here's the thing. Where, I wish, do you have any idea where they were going next? Yes, that is a big topic of discussion, and I think you can click the next slide. Oh, no, go to the next slide first. Sorry, I put these out no, there. Okay. So this is a zoomed in image of their last three stops. So you can see they landed in Darwin, Australia. Then they went up to Papua New Guinea to lay. That's the last full stop they made. They were going to Howlands Island. That tiny, tiny thing. Yep. That is, we'll talk a lot about it later. And then they were going to go to Honolulu, which is in Hawaii up there. And then after that, they were going to fly back to Oakland. So this was like their last couple stops. Yeah. Like, they were almost so done. So this is a difficult one because it's the tiniest island that they're going to have to get. Pretty much. And it's over the, there. the flying is all over the Pacific Ocean and it's really hard to navigate because there's no markers for where you are. Right. And there's no, like, the navigation system is, like, from where, what time period are we in? The 30s. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Peter Manning originally was supposed to be the one navigating this stretch. Not Howard, New- not Fred Noonan. Because Peter Manning had a lot more sea like maritime navigation experience and he knew how to use the radio really well and he knows Morse code perfect so he was going to do this stretch first and then noonan was going to do the rest but then he backed out so now noonan's doing maybe all of it should have done this part first i will say yeah and right like this would have they were going to be fresh they were going to be like every the plane was going to be fresh like there's wear and tear obviously that happens yeah. in thirty-seven thousand miles so yikes yeah so, the destination of this trip um, was to Howlands Island. I feel like calling it calling it an island is al- almost a bit of a stretch. Um, it's actually just an uninhabited strip of land that is 6,500 6, feet long and 1,600 feet wide. So, it's like a little dinky island. Like, it's not like what? Hawaii. Yeah, it's right. It's like just a tiny, like just a sandbar, basically. Okay. Jesus yeah. Fuck. So... They couldn't have maybe, like, done Fiji and then, like, up to Hawaii. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like... I don't know. Yeah. That's, like, just... They knew this was going to be the hardest part, and now they're doing it. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Okay. So... 
How many miles is it to Howland Island? Oh, fuck, I didn't write that down. It's okay, it's okay. It's, maybe I did write it down. They have 7,000 miles left in the whole journey. Okay. So it's, it's less than 7,000. So now we're going to start talking about flight logistics. This is going to be like the bulk of what I'm going to talk about. Okay. Basically, a really important part of this flight was the fuel usage because they're obviously flying a lot and going long distances and they can't make like normal stops. Yeah. Um, and so like if they go down, they're going down in the ocean. They're not going down in another country. Right. So the it's really important to figure out how much fuel you need. But it's also really important because um, the weight, fuel weighs a lot. Yeah. And the less you can get your thing to weigh, the faster you're going to go and the better you're going to fly, I think. Mm-hmm. And so the the goal is to get the most fuel miles at the least amount of weight, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. So they need to figure out how much fuel is needed by taking into account weather conditions, the length of the flight, the altitude that they're flying at, and the weight of the plane. Right. Um, and to make it more complicated, they not only had fuel in the gas tank, like yeah. actually being used, but they also had the plane outfitted with fuel cartridge lodges where they could put like extra gas tanks, basically. Okay. Um, and they carried fuel with them to refuel when they didn't have like a good... Like fucking Holland Island. Yes, exactly. This is exactly what it's for. So they're gonna they're basically gonna stop on Holland's Island, refuel, like go to bed, wake up, keep going. Yeah. Um, also the fuel on board and in the tank adds a lot of weight to the load of the plane. So 250 gallons of fuel is equal to about fifteen hundred pounds. Jesus. And when they left, like I said, they had seven thousand miles of their journey left. Entirely over the Pacific Ocean. Um, and at this point, leaving Lay, they had 1,100 gallons of gas on board. Okay. I don't know the specifics between how much of that was in the gas tank yeah, and how yeah. much was in the fuel thing, but that should have been enough to get them to Howard's Island at least. Like, they had more than enough gas okay. to be able to get there. But their gas tank wasn't full. So they didn't have, like, all the fuel they could carry, but they were trying to make the weight go down. Yeah. But they had enough fuel to get them there. Um, so now we need to talk about the radio situation. Radio, communication, mm-hmm. navigation systems. I want to make it important. So an important part of the story is that when the flight was planned, it was decided that the U.S. Coast Guard was going to send a ship named the USS Itasca. So if you go back a picture. Okay. So it sent that ship to the island in part to bring news reporters to the island to document was what was happening and one of the last legs of the journey, but more importantly, to be able to communicate the plane and help them navigate to the island. Because, like I said, maritime navigation is really hard because there's no land markers. Mm-hmm. Like, everything looks the fucking same. It's right. really easy to get off course. So, there were many modes of communication and navigation that the ship planned to use. So, one... It could communicate with the plane via radio signal. So that's just communication. That's just yeah. being able to talk to each other back and forth. Yeah. Um, and two, the ship could transmit a homing signal that could potentially um, be read by navigation systems on the plane, making it so that they could not only, they could just follow the signal, basically. Yeah, yeah, they could see like a blip. Yeah, yeah. and they could just follow it to get mm-hmm. to where they were going. So that's navigation. So they have communication and navigation abilities. Mm-hmm. They also had the ability to be able to direct the flight via Earhart's voice transmissions back to them. So basically, like, 
they could figure out where the plane was and direct it, or the people in the air could figure out where the boat was and direct okay, it. Okay, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they could, like, ping and navigate them in the air and then tell Earhart where to go. Yeah. Cool. Or Earhart could get a reading and see where they are and follow it. Follow them, yeah. Yeah. The last one is once the plane got close enough to the island, the ship was going to send up a plume of dark black smoke so they can just follow it. Once they get close enough, they can see it. They can just follow the smoke to the island. An important detail to point out is that the marine radio frequency used to send distress communication navigation is 500 kilohertz. So that is the frequency that a lot of this is going to be very dense frequency talk. Okay. I left out a lot of it, though. But just know if you want to do more research, it's a lot of fucking okay. frequencies. Not but me. 500 friends. kilohertz is their, like, that is the line that they're using if there's an emergency. So that there's a clear line of communication. Okay. So that no one else is using it. The plane being flown by Earhart has a radio that is not able to receive signals at that low of a frequency. Because what I've learned throughout this research is that ships use a much lower frequency, like radio signal, uh, like, yeah, honing yeah. signal than planes. I don't know if it's to keep the static, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So there's not like miscommunications between the two, but like all of the plane frequencies oh, are low. Radio is crazy. I know. It's like scary. I yeah. like, I'm terrified I'm of the radio. I think. <laughs> yeah. So. But I get it. They're basically plane the plane has it. to be modified in order to be able to hear a signal that low. Mm-hmm. And it has to be modified again to be able to transmit signals at that level. Okay. So like it can't really do either, but they've changed the plane a lot to like be able to get all these signals. It's also important to note again that Noonan, neither Noonan nor Earhart knows Morse code, and it is still unclear to this day whether the plane was even equipped to send Morse code signals out. So they could receive them, but I don't, nobody even knows if they could send them back. Okay. Also, it's important to note that I am not a physicist, and I have a very little, um, if any, knowledge of how a radio even works. Like, I barely yeah. understand it. Yeah. And I definitely cannot tell you how it works. Yeah. Like, we're just... I, I can't do <laughs> right. that. Right. We're just booling over here. The description I gave is literally so simplified. I'm not even like really sure if it's right. Like, I don't even know if I understand. This. Right. So, yeah. So we're just this hanging. part is just me. I'm just going to list a bunch of shit and then we're just going to have to like get Hope through it right. all together. <laughs> right. Um, so there are some important takeaways from this, this, what I'm about to say that I think are important. And the first one is that Earhart and Noonan are not the most proficient with the communication slash navigation systems on board. They don't really know how to use them that well. Like I said, no Morse code. I brought it up a bunch of times. Two, the plane's navigation slash communication systems were heavily modified for the flight, and they had already had some issues with it earlier in earlier legs of the flight. That's what they had to keep repairing. Yeah. Was, like, navigation system issues. And this had been noted by Fred Noonan, like, way before anything like this happened. Cool. Yikes. Three. On the day of the flight, the communication issues were almost immediate, and they were occurring with both the airport in Ley and the USS Itasca. So it was not either of them that was messing up. It was the plane, because it was affecting both lines of communication. Yeah. Because they were communicating with people in Ley, being like, we got off the ground, like, we're good, like, whatever. They were also communicating with the people in Itasca, being like, hey, like, we're coming. And they're, like, both had issues. Yeah. In fact, the plane never established two-way radio communication with anyone. So, basically, it was, they could hear her, but they didn't think that she could hear them at all uh, in Lay and in Itasca. Okay. So, like, they can hear everything she's saying, but they can't communicate with her at all. Okay. So, something's fucked up. Something is fucked up. So, 
On the day of the flight, the Itasca is trying to set out radio signals that could, in theory, be picked up by a loop antenna fastened to the plane. So this... Okay, sorry. I'm about to talk about the navigation systems now. Okay. So basically, what's going to happen is the plane has this, like, antenna. Mm -hmm. It can detect signals that are being sent from the ship. Mm -hmm. And then that prints a reading out. And so you can see what direction you have to go to get to the ship. Okay. So the Itasca is sending out fucking radio signals. Yeah. This antenna loop is supposed to pick it up, print out a sheet. It basically, from the very limited research I did, there's the reading looks like two waves. Like, you know, like a sign graph. Yeah. Um, And the first wave is a control wave. Yeah. So that's on every single one. The second wave is the reading, and then you compare them to see where, like, their lines intersect, and you find the absolute minimum of the lines intersecting. Holy fuck, you had to be pretty good at this. Yeah. So, here, I'll draw you, like, a little picture. So, basically... No, 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 I get get what you're saying. You get what you're saying. So, there's two fucking waves here, and so you have to find the absolute minimum point, like, where they intersect. Yeah. And that's the direction you're supposed to go. So that shows the direction of the fucking... That's crazy that people can do that. That people have created something that can do that. It is crazy, and... um, This is how science works. Yes. (laughs) It's scary. Like, I could never fucking do that. So, the ship was sending out these signals. Um, I'm just looking at your little drawings. Yeah, so I drew this for myself. Okay. (laughs) But I can draw them better for you if you need it. I still don't really know what I'm drawing, so... Um, I was going to put a picture in, but I wasn't sure if it was right, so I didn't want it to go right. in the show notes yeah. if I didn't know if that was the right yeah. fucking picture. So, Earhart was able to pick up on the signal being sent by the Atasca. However, it was not able to read an absolute minimum value. How do you know that? How do they know that? Because, therefore, they were not able to figure out which direction the plane was supposed to go. Wait, but how do they know that she got that? Because they can hear everything she's saying. Oh. So, oh. she was like, this is like, the reader is messed up, like... It's not picking up the right signal. Like, I can't find an absolute minimum. I don't know where I'm going. Like, it won't tell me what direction to go in, basically. Right. Because there is no absolute minimum on the graph. And like I said before, the frequencies being used for radio signaling and communication are very different in the air and at sea. So while the ship, in theory, could have read the... Sorry. I just got a text. So while the ship, in theory, could have read the signal being sent by the plane... It was not able to read an RDF signal at that high of a frequency unless the modification was activated. Okay. So, basically, she needs to be sending out her signal at 500. Yeah. But they can't tell her to do that because they can't communicate back to her. Oh, right, 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 right. They have to make So, sure they're she- trying to find her. Yeah. Remember how I said they yeah, modified yeah, the plane? Yeah. So, that was so that the, the ship could find her. Yeah. Because, basically, now she's going to be sending out the signal and the ship will talk yeah. back and be like you need to go this way or this way but, but they, they can't, can't even tell back. her yeah. yeah they can't talk back so they can't even get on the right radio channel to do that right to make the frequencies line up so she can't turn it on they can't help like that's not gonna help either so basically she's shouting all this into the fucking receiver and they can they're trying to talk back but they can't so right. like the people there were describing it as like pure hell like just sitting there and listening to her like ask questions 
Like I previously stated, the Atasca could hear Earhart's communication, but they could not establish a connection to respond. So now we are going to go through a timeline of radio transmissions. No! Oh my god! That they're actually hearing? They're not that scary. Okay. But they, yes, this is kind of, I'm just trying to give a timeline of the events that we have. This is like the last recorded moments of their lives, basically, that we know of. Yeah. So, the flight takes off from Leigh International Airport at midnight on July 2nd. At 2.45 a.m. and at 5 a.m., Earhart calls with a routine weather and flight condition update, like just normal reports in the air that you fucking say. Um, th- these are really staticky. This is We're getting this information from the Atasca, so this is their timeline of what happened that day. Yeah. So it's really staticky, but they said that's almost to be expected because they were still really far away at that point. So like, yeah. you know when your walkie-talkies get too far yeah. out of range? It's basically fucking it. Yeah. At 6.14 a.m., so a while later... Earhart sends a call asking them to use the ship direction finder to be able to figure out where the f- plane is in relation to the island, probably because they couldn't find the minimums. Like, they couldn't find yeah, it. Yeah, right, right, right. So they were asking to flip it and have them, like, direct her to the island. Island, yeah. At this point, they realize the issues with the frequencies and that they can't communicate back to the plane. Okay. So she's basically screaming into the void, which would be so fucking terrifying. Yeah. At 6.45 a.m., another call from Amelia. And at this point, she's like, I'm, like, 200 miles away. So we're getting kind of close here because planes travel really fast. I don't know how fast, but we're getting yeah. close. At, by 6.54, so only 54 minutes later, another call from Amelia asking them the same thing, asking that they're only 100 miles out. So she's like, we really need you to tell us, like, where the fuck we are because we're getting really close, we think, but, like, we don't know. So at 7.42 a.m., Earhart sends a transmission stating... Oh, shit. I had a picture of it. Where's my phone? Dropped. Sorry. God, the editing on this is going to be insane. Um, okay, so there's a transmission. 7.42 a.m. The transmission reads, the name of um, the plane, calling a task out. We must be on you, but we cannot see you. But gas is running low, been unable to reach you by radio. We are flying at 1,000 feet. So they're flying really low to the ground. Why are you Why are you doing this? Why are you on your phone now? Because I just took a picture of what it said. Because I didn't oh. want to write it down. Oh, okay. <laughs> that scared the fuck out of me. No. I thought you were going to sh- give me a recording. I was about to vomit. No, no, no. Okay. So at 7.58 a.m., um, AM, Earhart asked Itasca to send voice signals so that they could try radio bearing. Um, this is the loudest signal possible, which means that they had made it to the immediate area. So, like... Basically, I, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what it said. I think what it means is, like, they figured out that they were really close. Yeah. Based on, like, this So, like, fucking do whatever you can. Yeah. But they couldn't find them. They, like, could not find them, yeah. but they knew they were close. So, they send... Commu- th- so, now they start sending communication via Morse code, because they're like, fuck, this is, like, the last-ditch effort. Like, mm-hmm. this is, like, we're going to get a connection from this. Like, we know that they get Morse code on the boat. So they send transmission via Morse code. On the plane. On a tel... Yeah, I think the plane has, like, a telegraph or something. No, I know, but I'm saying, like, they get... No, the people on the boat send it to them. No, I know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So they know that they're getting it on the plane. Yep, because... Um... Earhart acknowledges receiving the message, but that she could not discern the direction from that message. Like, she still has doesn't know where they're going because she can't read Morse code. 
The last known transmission from Earhart comes in at 8.43 a.m. when Earhart states the position they should be at, which is like a line. She's like, I'm at the 157th line, which is like a flight path, yeah. basically. Um, which was incorrect from the at. So this was believed to be where they needed to be. They thought they were where they needed to be. They like, they're like, we tried to navigate this ourselves and we think we're in the right spot. They were like, if they did their calculations right on their maps and shit, Mm -hmm. they would have been in the right spot. Um, and it was only five nautical miles off from where they should have been. Oh no. Which is close enough. You think to be able to see it. So, but they can't find it. So basically they should have been within five miles of the island at this point. Right. Mm -hmm. This did not work. However, oh wait, at this point, the Itasca starts sending up black smoke because now they should be able to see the black smoke if they send it up because they're only five miles away. Mm -hmm. Um, this would be a visual indication. It was actually five. Like it actually for sure was. If they were where they said they were, they would have been five miles away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If they were where they thought they ended up, it would be five miles. Yeah. So. But if they're assuming, if they're If they did that their shit right yeah. in the air, which is, like I said, very hard to do at this point because there there's no landmarks. Like. Yeah. They think, they just have to trust that they're going the right way. Right. Um, this did not work and the plane never lands on the island and is never seen by anyone there. So they never see the plane. The plane never sees them. <sighs> um. So why there could be a couple of reasons for this. The island was very flat and close to sea level, making it very hard to see from the air. Also, another important factor is that it was a very overcast day with large dark clouds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they looked like dark spots on the water, like the reflection from the water made it look like there was like a bunch of little islands all over the place. Uh. They couldn't figure out what was an island and what was... A cloud reflection, basically. Yuck. Oh, no. <laughs> also, they might not have been able to see the smoke if there's a lot of dark clouds. Right. The smoke in the air. Like, they wouldn't even see the haze of the smoke in the air, basically. Yeah. So, the other very interesting thing about this is that during the flight, the plane, and this is what also makes it hard, is that the plane crosses the international dateline in this flight. So... If not accounted for, if you don't account for that in your calculations, you would be off by one degree. Like, that's the how off you would end up, which doesn't sound like a lot at all. Mm-hmm. One degree of error, but it puts you off course by about 60 miles. So they actually could have been 65 miles from where they needed to be. Right. And no one would have known. And without proper navigation from the ship, they probably weren't even near where they thought they were. Right. So, the last heard and confirmed transmission, um, like I said, was at about 8.45 that morning. But transmissions attempts did not stop for hours after that. So, like, based for days, basically, like, anyone and everyone was trying to find them in the area. All the boats, all the planes, all the people with radios, like, and um, they got some back from confirmed that plane so for the next four to five days off and on they're trying to call people from the plane which means they were probably alive for the next four to five days wherever they were oh no yeah there were a lot of hoaxes of people like pretending to be on that frequency and like doing it um really like they were on like maybe less not like hoaxes but like 
everyone was just calling for them so much that it got hard to figure out like who was calling for them and when they were trying to call back because the but all they the lines know were for so sure muddy. there was at least they know for sure there was at least a couple that were real like from that airplane like the geo tags and shit like line up fuck yeah um but this all just adds to the confusion because like it's just really they don't know what's real they don't know what's not they don't know yeah. like where to look um but this did provides provide evidence that they um landed on land for at least a short while because the electrical system would have shorted out if they landed in the water like they would have lost the electrical system right they yeah okay and they wouldn't have been able to send messages out even yeah. though they, they like could not there's obviously issues with their um communication systems yeah and so they couldn't get like a strong signal anywhere but they got something which means that their systems were working at least right um so what happened to amelia and noonan after they lose contact with the uss itasca and i think this two-parter is about to turn into a three-parter jesus fucking christ (laughs) it is we have been doing this for an hour and 15 minutes oh my god i know amelia there's so much about you that we i all like need did to not know. i did not realize how in depth i was gonna get into this research until i started and then all of a sudden i came to emily and i was like i have six and a half more pages of research like i think i need to do a part three and she was like yeah you should like yeah, i don't want to sit through that it. like but i think all of this is very important to the story so interesting you're like so you, you have to know all of it you're in order so to know good at this Thank you. But you have to know all of it to understand why, like... I think that everyone listening will also agree with that. Yes. Okay. Well... Well, Damn. God. Well... (laughs) Just another day. Thanks for listening to Wanna Match Podcast, guys. Um, If you've made it this far, we really appreciate it. Um, We know there's probably been some bumps in the road. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, today on this is going to be interesting. Yes. Um, No, but if you enjoyed the podcast... Um, definitely go listen to the other podcasts before this. There's 22 of them, you guys. Yeah, what the fuck? We have had so many episodes come out. Yes, we really have. Um, go to the show notes, rate, follow, subscribe, five like, star review, five star review. It really helps us out. Follow us on social media. Share it with your friends or your yeah. Tell someone about your pod. This tell podcast someone this about it. Just tell tag one us. person to t- um about our podcast. Tell your fucking veterinarian. Yeah, tell you would be surprised the most random fucking places where we've heard of people listening to this fucking podcast. Yes, you would be surprised. So so with that, we, I need some dinner. Me too. All right. All see right. Ya. Bye bye. bye.